Hey, it's Travis. Wasn't that New Year's Eve episode bonkers? I hope you liked it. It's always scary to try something new like that, but I think it was a lot of fun. E.K. Dagenfield is an old friend from Theater of Tomorrow, so it was really great getting him into the hotel finally. He really nailed it, didn't he? few quick announcements. Our Midnight Disease newsletter is up and running, so sign up for that at midnightdisease.net for show and merch updates and stuff. I'll be putting them together with Pacific, so it should be really fun. Remember that hotel guest book I put on the show's Instagram a little while back? I thought it would be fun to put everyone who supports the show's name in there. I'll be getting that together and sharing it on Twitter and Instagram, so even if it's just the $1 a month tier, I'm making you an official hotel guest. Of course, the support goes to all the Midnight Disease shows, and we can't thank you enough. The guestbook thing is just a bit of fun. If you're interested and able to support us, it really does help, so thank you. We also have our $5 tier available to get early access and ad-free episodes. You could do that at midnightdisease.net slash join. And finally, in case you missed it, the hotel soundtrack is available on Spotify, so make sure to check that out too. All right, all right, enough of that. I know what you're here for. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the hotel. Crickets and fog. Both roll in through the open window. The night is crisp and chill. The gas lamps dotting the wall make it difficult to see past the night, to see where we are where we're supposed to be. The lobby is... cozy. A few low, heavy chairs made of heavily lacquered logs are warming themselves by the impressive fireplace. It crackles pleasantly with a dull roar that complements the ringing sounds of creeping night. Wood floors and thick rugs glass lampshades, and dripping candles. Everything smells fresh. There's a computer humming softly to itself at the edge of my check-in desk, but it doesn't look like it's ever been used. A perfunctory performance of connection to a presumed outside world. Around the deep shadows are the formality of hints to the rest. A glimpse of a communal kitchen, a garden, and the beginning of a dimly lit staircase to the second story. Up there, I know, are the only three rooms in the hotel tonight. I can't see the top of the staircase, though. It's dark at the top. Colder. Up there is something that looks like a room pretending to be a room. And something is coming. Out there, I can feel it. Like deep pressure from leagues away, rolling in with the fog to meet tonight's guest. Something awful is going to happen in the dark tonight. Which means, I need to prepare. There isn't need to look for the supply closet door. This isn't my first bed and breakfast, so I check behind my desk for the guest's reservation card. There isn't a door to the office, either. 
Instead, there is a dark bookcase holding not much more than the guest book. When I remove it, a small dry card flits onto the floor at my feet. Dorothy Rennep reads the card. As I set the guest book down on my desk, I hear heavy, scraping footsteps. The owner is still back there, where the office would be, where it is still. Walled off inside until the hotel changes shape again. Not trapped, exactly. Not for him. But sealed away for the night. Not needed in quaint surroundings. Three is a crowd in a bed and breakfast. I drop the guest's reservation card into one of my sweater's giant pockets. It's dark gray and thickly woven and only one of the several chunky layers the hotel has dressed me in tonight. Like the owner in his cage, I too am confined, put in my place, and otherwise instructed by context. Tonight, I too am cozy. I embrace my role and reposition a lantern into the open window near the door. The guest will expect a degree of country hominess when she arrives. She has been traveling for some time, taking a gap year to discover herself. I'm afraid you won't find out, Miss Rennep. Whatever you are now is what you'll be remembered as. I shove my hands into my pockets and rub the card idly. The smooth, rough texture is pleasing to the touch. I enjoy these little heralds of a guest's arrival. These tokens of a job well done. I see them as notes of instruction. Purpose from the hotel herself. The guest book is company property. But the reservation cards aren't archived, so I like to keep them. They're gone, of course, when the hotel changes shape. When we change shape with it, they just... Wherever they end up, I think of them as mine. Without realizing it, I'd wandered to the lobby door. Just a simple, colorless wooden door propped open, despite the chill, to invite the guests into the warmth of the hearth. I look out, my eyes adjusting to the deeper darkness of the countryside, but I can't see much. Some black hills out past the fog. I feel how quickly the temperature drops out there, past the doorway outside. My breath catches the chill, and its silent ghosts rends itself into the night. I softly let another breath loose. While it hangs in the air, I feel alone. My breath crosses the threshold and obscures my view of the hills. The lobby behind me is just a concept, a changeable one. For a moment, 
it's just me. Before I can begin to feel it, before I even realize I noticed, the moment is gone. Taking the last of my breath with it. I feel the cold pressure of the coming calamity. I know the guest will be here soon too. She won't be arriving alone. She'll have her own shadow to shed, just as we did. The guest won't be expecting to see me standing in the cold, staring into the night. Guests expect warmth and smiles and comfort. I exhale, setting another icy ghost free into the sky. The stiffness in my jaw I know is more than just the night air. Wet stains are starting to spread on the black turtleneck I'm wearing. Soon it will leak to the other layers, and my slightly sparkling fluffy sweater will be drenched in rot. Still, I stand here, looking out of the hotel, into the projected night, enjoying briefly being alone. Almost. Somewhere out there, closer than before, the shadow of night is getting closer. I turn away from it, knowing there is no escape. Darkly past the fireplace by the door, in the farthest corner of the room by the doomed staircase, is a shadow. The whole room is dancing shadow in umber-red light. But this shadow has purpose. This shadow pushes back. And out of that shadow now steps my lobby boy. Bed and breakfasts still need someone to check in the guests and someone to tend to them. But Miss Renup isn't expecting to see a desk manager and a bellhop. So tonight, my lobby boy isn't dressed to serve. Tonight he's dressed in brown corded slacks and a collared button-up under a sweater. Tonight, he's cozy. He doesn't move. He just stands by the fire in his sweater, trembling. Expectation makes him nervous. He understands a command. He understands being ignored. But often, the hotel makes him do things that he's uncomfortable with. Sometimes we have to, though. So many things make him uncomfortable. I tell him to come over. Join me at the fireplace. Yes, ma'am. Not ma'am, I tell him. Not when the hotel is like this, remember? Yes, ma'am. Yes. He doesn't remember. Memory in the hotel is hard to grapple with. Always changing shape, sometimes gone forever. Sometimes I remember things that never happened. That's strange. I walk quickly to the bookcase. The sparse curios jolt every time he pounds on the wall. I reach out 
Stop. Behind me, I can hear Dorothy run up panting lightly. It's cold outside. She must have jogged the path up from the road. I wait to see what the hotel will do, if anything, about the owner's fit. I turn quickly to greet the guest. Mouth open, smiling as warmly as the fire. I step from behind my desk and welcome her in. She's standing at the lobby door in cargo shorts and muddy boots. She's filling the doorway almost entirely because her backpacking gear makes her appear almost twice as tall as she is. She steps forward in longer paces than I expected from a woman of her height, and sticks her hand out for me to shake. Good evening, Miss Renup. Hi! Wow, it's like Epcot in here! Is this the Salty Shepherd? I have a room here tonight. I think. I hope. <laughs> I'm Dorothy Renup. Who do I have the pleasure of meeting? I'm Miss Farahukar, and this is Mr. You certainly do have a room here tonight. Hey, this is Travis with a brief ad break. Thanks for listening. Now back to the hotel. It was nice. Briefly. For a moment, just one, there, there were a lot of moments, but just one nice one, really, almost. I thought it was nice when the fireplace went dark. The lobby went dark with it. I could stop pretending for a moment. I sat in one of the big chairs across from where the guest was sitting. She was talking to my manager. They were talking. I didn't talk much. I was watching the shadows, the shadow, before it took the fire. It wasn't like other shadows. It looked dangerous, sharp somehow, empty somehow. It just walked right into the fireplace and grown there, too. It should have echoed up into the chimney and around the huge fireplace itself, but it didn't. The groan was loud and low and 
scratchy. And even though I knew it was coming from the shadow, it sounded like it was right behind me. The guest didn't quite notice. I think she kept talking, but her voice got flat and dull. Her face went flat and dull, and the shadow left the fireplace and darkened the staircase, waiting, watching, groaning. My manager's eyes were reflecting in the dark like silver lights. The guest stood slowly, still half muttering to no one, and followed the shadow up. When we heard the door close, a small, small fire, silver like her eyes, started to burn in the fireplace. I knew it would show us the guest's death. That's why that... That wasn't really a nice moment. There were new shadows in here with us then. Shambling around us. Trying to hide, maybe. These might have been normal shadows. The kind every candle makes. But... I built the second room from the left. I don't need the fire to show me what... what shadows. Sometimes the rooms I build have... things... in them. I... I I don't know if I make them if I make them too or not, but I don't need the fire to know why the shadow groans. I know. I knew. She walked into the room with that same dull look, seeing whatever the hotel wanted her to see. The shadow stood by, hungry and urging. It had dark tendrils that drew her in. They stuck into her body like... like... In her chair, my manager turned away from the little silver flame and looked at me even when the shadows cover her tight, rotten face. Her eyes stay bright and silver, shining into me. I make myself turn to the fireplace to watch. To watch with her for a moment. 
but upstairs in the dark, we saw the guest bent slightly, bent oddly, still muttering a little with every breath. The shadow pulled something out through her arms. Not through her skin, not her bone or blood. Something I can't see. But she muttered a little louder and breathed a little harder while it happened. Her eyes were rolling back in her head. They looked white. They almost looked like they almost looked like hers, but not as shiny. The shadow upstairs got a little bigger, a little fuller, and its tendrils worked faster. Down here, the shadows got a little bigger, too, and somewhere... Right behind me in that moment, I thought I could hear Dorothy Renna muttering softly. She, she sounded scared. And she sounded so excited when she got here. It sounds the same sometimes, but I can always tell the difference. I've heard scared a lot. They sound the same, though, I think, because they both want you. Your attention, your encouragement, your help. Excitement sounds like someone can't wait to reach out and pull you into a Hug. Scared pulls too, but when it grabs you, it's not a hug, and it doesn't let go. She was excited about her trip, the hotel, her room. The things she had seen, the things she was going to see. I saw something she didn't. I saw the shadow follow her into the lobby from outside. At first, it looked like the other shadows, I think. But I could tell. I built the room for this shadow. I glided from corner to corner, watching Dorothy. In a dark room, no one notices an extra shadow. In the firelight, she didn't notice when the shadow moved. Wrong. She didn't notice the manager's hair thinning, the skin beneath already splitting and 
oozing something dark. My manager welcomed her in, and the shadow moved behind me, muttering and exploring. She called me over to greet the guest. She called us something. Names Dorothy was expecting, probably. Our names, for the moment. She was happy to meet us, talking to us both happily. My manager was gesturing me over, smiling a rotten smile. But the hotel wouldn't even let us hear our pretend names. The shadow followed me as I limped across the lobby floor. My bones felt sharp and stiff again. They cracked in my hand when the guest shook it. I think maybe that's when the shadow knew it was here for her. Me and my manager were too much like it. Like this place. Like the hotel. That's when it started covering the walls in darkness, closing the door and putting out the lamps around Dorothy as she signed her name in the guest book. Later, not much later, she would grunt and wheeze upstairs as its funneled tendrils fattened it up. Behind me, her scared muttering became crying whispers. Not dull and flat, but sharp as the shadow. I was too far rotted to get out of the chair by then. But I could still move my head and see new shadows scratching the walls. I didn't like that moment at all. I opened my good eye as wide as I could at the wall behind the front desk. She might... The shadows didn't know what's behind that wall. Who's behind that wall? He won't help you escape. He couldn't even... Was he trying to... get out? The owner can go anywhere in the hotel, even, even the places I'm not supposed to go, I thought. I thought... Maybe he wanted to come out, but the hotel didn't want him to. Maybe he got mad. I, I, I don't like it when the owner gets mad. I don't like it when he yells. Now we're both bent and sagging on our chairs in the lobby. Rotten bags barely held together by gooey parts that are done pretending to be whatever they were. Both my eyes are gone now. 
I don't know what hers looked like. Behind me, the new shadows have filled the lobby in with their darkness. Only the little flame in the fireplace is left. Upstairs, second from the left, the shadow is huge, filling the room thickly. It holds the guest at bent angles in its sharp, shadowy tendrils. Her mouth is still moving, but no sound is coming out anymore. Not upstairs anyway. Almost gone now. Almost a shadow now. Again. I started in the shadows tonight. Instead of my supply closet, I was in a deep shadow in the corner. I watched from there as she examined the lobby for the first time, preparing the guest book, checking the reservation card, looking, just looking. She put a light in the window and it chased the shadows away from the lobby door. I could see her standing in the doorway. I couldn't see outside past her. I don't know what she was looking at. I don't know what she was doing. She stood there for so long just breathing into the night. After that is when the owner and then the guest came and and then the shadow started pulling her apart. But for a moment The shadow is so full and dark now. The room upstairs looks solid black. The guest's body hovers broken in the hall, held up by the funnels, sucking her life away. It takes a final pull out of her. I can almost hear her body thump when it falls to the floor. I can almost hear the silver flame fizzle out in the fireplace. But in my last moment, I hear a shadow behind me, groaning low and loud and scared.
The Hotel was created and produced by Travis McMaster and Mark Witten. Starring Kelly Ninaltowski as the manager. Mark Witten as the lobby boy. Graham Rowett as the owner. And Krista Lewis. Music by Lauren Picorni, West Rodri, and special guest composer Zach Tatum Drake. <laughs>